the Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to a brand new edition of The Weekend Show. You'll be relieved to know that I am joined, as always, by my blockbuster co-host, Garrett. Say hello, Garrett. Good day. Good day. I'll do a little curtsy with that as well. Was that like Australian or... Well, it's more, it's more fancy English, like, good day, fine sir. Are you, are you paying tribute, tribute to Queen Elizabeth II, who was 90 this week? Fair play to her, she, she's lived to 90. Like, before I introduce what's on the show, have you ever seen that list of uh, English Prime Ministers and American Presidents that she's been through during her reign? But she was, like, inaugurated in the 40s? 50s, 50s? maybe? 40s, probably, yeah. Well, if she's 90 this year, that would mean she was born in 19... Or, yeah, 1926. And she's been the Queen for about 60 years? So, yeah, 40s. That's mind-boggling. That's quite a long time to be, like, a monarch. There'll come a time when she dies, and it's just, like, really weird, because, like, there'll be a king, and we'll never again see a queen in our lifetime. It's kind of like the first time you saw the Pope change. Like, you'd never seen it before, so it was like, that's weird. Do you think think Liz will outlive us? Probably. (laughs) She'll be, like, 160 years old. I'm looking forward to, like, the... I'm not looking forward to when she dies, because that's mean. She's a human being. But I'm looking forward to when and after she dies, and there's a new king appointed. It'll be, God save our gracious queen. King! King! I meant king. Oh, yeah. That's the only national anthem in the world that changes. Probably not the only one in the world. You don't say that with authority. There's, like, 196 countries in the world, Ken. Recognised by the EU. Um, I don't think it's the EU it's the UN that's it yeah the EU probably recognises countries as well but I don't think they're quite the authority on it thanks Karen thanks for for calling me out on the podcast well if you're wrong you're wrong Ken let's move on coming up on the show this week we preview the fully loaded 2016 summer movie season we ponder our top stories of the week in Who News Best and a little later in the show Netflix is back to guide you in perfecting the art of procrastination do you like that? I procrastinate quite a lot. That's that's quite that's quite a good stri- uh, script right there. That's if I do say so myself. I wonder who wrote it. I did. Master writer. Ken did. Yeah. Well, Gareth's too lazy to write scripts, so somebody I'm, has to do it. I'm very busy producing producing podcasts now, Ken. Oh yes, we have a new podcast on the podcast network. Yes. We have a network now. We have two podcasts, so it's officially a network. And I'm on both of them because I'm, I'm the star of the show, Ken. <laughs> Apparently I'm banned from this one. You're banned from podcast a day because this the, the the weekend show. Podcast a day. Podcast I, I, a day. I've never heard of it. You've listened to every episode and you know it. Bit of jealousy. Oh, <laughs> technically, you haven't listened to today's episode. I have not, but I will. With Don't the lovely there. Tanner. Thank you, Tanner, for coming on the show. And Simon Rob came on the show as well. Stay away from our show, Rob. <laughs> I'll be lining up more. I'll try to line up more guests during the week. He'll never be on the weekend show. Never. In terms of the weekend show, has well, we used to have guests. Remember, yeah. remember, if you've listened to very early episodes of the weekend show, we used to have guests. And every so often, we should we do say, should we get a guest on? And then we're like, too much effort. Yeah, that requires, especially with our particular. Well, we're recording in the podcast a day studio today, Ken. Yes, not the the weekend show studio. We have many locations. Yes, this is where I record podcast today, as opposed to where we usually record the weekend show. But Ken came up for dinner because he is too lazy to cook for himself. <laughs> and it's not as if I don't have the money or the, the the knowledge of how to cook. But like when you get offered free food, it's very impolite to turn it down, and I'm lazy. Yeah, you do it out of kindness so people don't yeah. feel spurned when they I offer want, you food. I don't want mom and dad to feel bad. They 
do you think they'd feel about it if they were like, can my mom would if yeah. mom was like, can you want to come for dinner? And you're like, nah. No, I cook my own mood. Uh, mood. Mood. I'd you a cow. Like cow food mood. No, I was gonna go a different. Grass's mood. Is it? Is that what? Is that what they call it? Well, no, but that's what cows eat, isn't it? Grass. Yeah. And like grains or something. I don't know. And then they fart it out and contribute like eight percent of global warming. So what you're saying is killing cows is a good thing. Take that vegan. (laughs) Suck it. (laughs) Loads and loads of great stuff in Storgar. I think you'll agree. But uh, before we get this show on the road, let's not dispense with tradition. Uh, Garrett's Monday, but uh, better late than ever. Uh, how was your week? How was last week? How was last week, in fact, yes. <laughs> yes. This is one of our, our, our much-vaunted Monday shows. In fact, I was thinking of making a third logo. Do you know we have a different logo for, like, the weekend shows? Yep. Like, it's going to make another logo with the, the... The entire weekend crossed out. Like, the weekend crossed out, and it's, like, the Monday show. Yeah, if, if you ever if you haven't paid attention to our logos, if you look at the weekend show logos as opposed to the weekend show logos, the, the K is crossed out. It's very clever. Thank you. Yeah. I created that. I created all our logos except the podcast today logo, which uh, is spectacular in every way imaginable. Yeah, sure. It's very noticeable because it's the only one that's not good. Ken, but I put I put like 10 minutes effort into that, Ken. I I, I actually tried a number of fonts. Just like do that thing where you toggle loads of fonts (laughs) until you find one that's acceptable. I think I think it's minimalist and, and, and striking. I like the color scheme. Striking and how terrible it is. It's a it's a nice color scheme. It is. I do like the blue. I'll, I'll give light, you that. Light blue. Yeah, it's like that. That's nice. Some days I'll I'll, I'll professionally when podcast today takes off. I'll get a real logo. You made me a logo for games. It's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. It's quite. It's quite. Uh. It's, it's basically if you haven't seen it, it's Gar. If he was like a an eight bit game. Also, the hair's too short. But I think it's like short gar hair, but it didn't have long gar hair, so I couldn't do you it. You couldn't do it. Also, I have a beard now. Yeah. Which I'll probably shave tomorrow because it's getting itchy. Yeah. You know, you reach that stage where the beard gets annoying and it's like, nah, not worth it anymore. Do you shampoo? I don't usually unless I plan to keep it. I shampooed and conditioned it. It actually does help with Oh, itching. it really does. Because you get a day without itching if you shampoo it. Yeah, you do. But Definitely. if if I'm not planning to keep it, I don't bother shampooing it. Yeah. So, so if it's one thing you take from the podcast this week is shampoo your beard. Shampoo your beard. Uh and that's one for the ladies as well because we all know that waxing is expensive. It is. I'm fine with with lady beards if if you want. If that's a thing you're into. We're tolerant of all kinds of lady beards. Yeah. Um I watched some Disney films this week. Well, as opposed to any other week. Yeah. But like I watched their there's two of their live action remakes of their animated films. Yes. I watched Cinderella. I ha- I have no desire to see that film. It's very it's 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 Cinderella. Yeah, like that's it's exactly what you would expect out of that film. It's kind of it kind it's kind of in the the same vein as all their live action adaptations of their animations these days. In that, I I've seen clips of it and visually it looks very very impressive in yeah. terms of the production and the costumes and the sets and stuff. But like I just. I just don't want to see the the re- the wheel be reinvented again. To be honest, yeah, but it's not it's not the thing. They're they're not reinventing the wheel. They're reshooting it, rebooting as, the wheel as live action, because it is interesting that they're literally just like here's Cinderella, except with real characters. I think we've talked about this before. I think that was a direct response to John Car- John Carter being a flop and Lone Ranger being a flop. Or just like, and we will defend the Lone Ranger to no end. Exactly. I really liked. Him. I'll do a podcast a day on why the Lone Ranger was good and why you people are wrong. Can I guest on that one, Gar? No, you can't. Oh. You're banned from podcast today. But, I also saw the Jungle Book. Yeah, but what they what they tend to do is like like they tend to try these like you know, little known properties like you know, um, you know, uh, Big Hero Six, Big Hero Six, 
worked out. Uh, basically, I, I always find it interesting, I think I talked about this in our Disney segment, that, like, strong periods of animation always coincide with decline in the live-action stakes for Disney, yeah. and vice versa. So when they were flying in live-action in the 80s, the early 80s, I should say, the animation was in the toilet. So um, it makes sense that they basically cash in on all their beloved uh, uh, Disney classics. And they have Marvel and Star Wars to leech off of now, too. Exactly. Uh, they bought something else recently as well. Or they're in talks to buy something else. It's like, Disney's just going to own everything you love. I can't remember what it was. Uh, oh, was it Pokemon? Or they, were they kind of rumoured to be in... Uh, well, they're, they're not going to buy Pokemon, but there are rumours of a live-action Pokemon film. Yeah, a, a franchise, if you will. Um, I think Warner, Warner in for it, but they they're using... They 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 were the company that distributed the the animation films, so it kind of makes sense to continue that relationship. Uh, Lionsgate, I think, are in for it because Nintendo will never ever sell Pokemon. And Sony, Sony are hugely interested. In it. Oh, they won't sell it, but uh, could you imagine, like, like literally, Disney would own my childhood at that point. Yeah, but like, because there's always rumors. It's like, oh, well, handheld gaming is dead. And I will insist that so long as Pokemon exists on handheld systems, Nintendo will continue to sell them. Yeah. And successfully. Because like, Pokemon single-handedly drives the sales of those systems. It does. Yeah, also saw the, you saw the Jungle Book too. I did see the Jungle Book. I, I really liked it. Yeah. And uh, uh, one of our favourite podcasts here, our fellow podcast, PCHH, Pod, uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour, uh, said something that really, really like amazed me. Like, I watched that film, it's like, well, it must have shot on location in India or something. But the whole thing is shot on a soundstage in Los Angeles. It's basically an animated film. Yeah, and what, uh, and the, someone said to me, it's like, you should, when you watch it, thinking about it as an animated film, it just blows your mind. Yeah, it's actually, because it's, it's green screen, so I assume yeah. those are real jungle footages. Yeah. But it never looks like it, you know? Exactly, it never looks, like, there's times where you can kind of... Do you know when you if you focus on the the character who's the only real thing in it, yeah. you can kind of see that kind of that, that kind, kind of, of pop, that that pop or that kind of that glow or that outline, but like that was kind of pretty infrequent. I thought I, th- I didn't notice it at all. Neil like Se- literally not once. Uh, you did cover this on podcast today, Gar. Yeah. Uh, so I won't go into too much detail because you stole my icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, Ken, had, Ken, Ken originally had the Jungle Book in the script until I did a podcast a day and an episode on the Jungle Book. But uh, I think I, I want to mirror, mirror what you said in, in the fact that Neil Sethi was in this movie on his own. There's there's a person that plays a baby version of him and his dad that gets killed by Shere Khan. Uh, spoilers. Yeah. The book's like 100 years old. You can't spoil <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and he's just in this film on his own. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And like, like there's times where he gets a little like schmaltzy kid in a like yeah. you know kid with attitude in 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 uh, annoying kid syndrome annoying kid syndrome basically yeah exactly but for the most part he just he really carries this with a lot of kind of um you know there's a lot of light to it but like he was able to handle the kind of the dramatic moments as well and make it the vengeful moments and interesting and uh, I'm sure you heard me say on podcast today as well they they made puppets for him. They did from cute little thing. Yeah, but if you're if you're the they were made by the uh, Jim Henson Creature Workshop, and if you're them, it's like none of them made the final film. Yeah, so it's a complete like just it's just a bit of work for them. Bit of work for them exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like but like, you you must have been like I mean these like sophisticated puppets, and then you just <laughs> you just didn't use them. <laughs> you just sat them there. But, uh, so and yeah, I've seen the puppeteers got some work out of it as well. So that's that's a nice yeah. thing for them. And like the one thing they tried to balance the you know the the you know, being loyal to the the, the nineteen sixty seven animation, 
with the with the um with the book and and I can appreciate that but like and I did really like the musical numbers. I, I, I like who doesn't like Christopher Walken sing, singing uh, "I Want to Be Like You." Listen, l- listen to the soundtrack version on Spotify. It's wonderful. But the only thing for me is that the animals are so realistic, and the whole world was so realistic that it was kind of jarring to hear like kind of a, a kind of a musical comedy number in the middle of it. Yeah, especially the, like the Christopher Walken version is perfect, but in the context of the film, it kind of doesn't work. Yeah, it just seems like he just breaks into song. It seems almost shoehorned in there. Uh, bare necessities seemed like a more natural moment just kind of a just kind of a we're two pals having a good time singing yeah have a little homage to it but they didn't kind of go out of the way it's like this is the one we're going to do bare necessities you know but uh, overall I'll give it I'll give it three and a half stars hmm. I uh, give it eight out of ten it's which a would sol- be four stars technically yeah it's a solid watch it's it's a good film Go, it's enjoyable go see it people died this week too Ken they did that's really uh 2016 is really sucking, Gareth. You know, do you know that the, in 2016 the leading cause of death is fame? Really? Yes. That means we should just shut the shut the podcast down then. Yeah. <laughs> Though we're not in much uh, trouble of becoming famous at the moment. So I saw a funny uh, tweet during the week that said uh, somebody somebody roll Bill Murray in Cottonwood and hide him under the bed. <laughs> yeah. I saw someone made a very good point that it it may, might not actually be more people. Well, more people are dying. But, like, celebrity culture is a more recent thing, at least on the scale that it is these days. So there's just more famous people? So there's just more famous people. That's why it feels like they're all dying. That's a good point. But, uh, that's a, and this was on the same day last week as well. Yeah. Uh, we lost uh, China, a former WWE superstar uh, and uh, intercontinental champion, uh, women's champion. I think she might have been tag team champion at some point as well. Maybe. Possibly. Uh, if I'm remembering that right, uh, she eventually did porn, so that's maybe why she's not in the Hall of Fame at the moment. Well, um, she also wrestled in New Japan. She wrestled in New Japan. She, she was the main event in New Japan while she was there. It's 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 a sad end, but like, I I don't want to upset anybody, but I I can't pretend that I didn't feel like it was coming. That those are the worst ones where you you turn on your 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 internet in the morning and you say, "Oh, China died," and you're like, "Well." Yeah, that's not entirely unexpected. It's not sad, not sad that it happened, or it's not not sad. Just to be clear, double negative there. So it is sad that it happened, but it's not unexpected. Yeah, the one thing that bothered me is like that WWE wouldn't touch her for years, wouldn't mention her, wouldn't entertain any thoughts of her going back or any Hall of Fame inductions or anything like that. But as soon as she died, she was like every article on their website. Of course, like pay tribute to China or look at China's best moments and all this stuff. And like because it's, it's worth web hits. It seems opportunistic. Uh, like I know what the claim is, like overpaying oh, homage to one of our our pioneers and our trendsetters, but really, it's like she's dead now. She can't damage. She, like we can, we can, we can leech off her name without having to without actually, fear of her damaging the brand. Exactly, or bringing her in to 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 or giving her a live mic. Because I can understand that she was a bit of a loose cannon or a liability, but uh, it's just like they could have waited, you know, at least like a few days. Because yeah, they're kind of damned if they don't mention her at all, because that seems classless. And like they're burying their head in the sand. Yeah, whereas going the other end of wholeheartedly embracing somebody in death who you ignored in life. Yeah, it feels like you're just trying to get web hits. Yeah, I suppose it's kind of the same. We talked about this on our WrestleMania review. It's the kind of the same thing with the Ultimate Warrior as well. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, we embrace you now because you're less of a liability because you're dead. That sounds really awful, doesn't it? But that's kind of how they work because they're a sleazy company. Uh, this week, we also lost Prince, who who died uh, at the age of 57. Um, Was Prince a huge a huge thing to you? I, I think he touched my life in various ways. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend I was this big Prince fan. I, I know Purple Rain. 
yeah, but I I did go down a bit of a Prince rabbit hole when I found out the news and just like just like the the originality and the the fearlessness of of his of his approach to music is just like he was he was a genius in his time I think yeah apparently but, he has twenty thousand under unreleased songs yeah. in a vault in his house yeah so he can basically release a new album for long 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 every year for long after he's dead Prince of course was famous because you know one of his f- famous quotes like don't sign a record contract it's like modern slavery yeah. Uh, and as soon as he was free of it, he he basically never signed a record deal again. He produced and and distributed his own music, and that's how famous he became. He could like he was able to do whatever he wanted, uh, and like once he was free, like he never looks back. You know, because mm. um, yeah, the relationship is a start between like record label and recording artist. The, the recording artist needs the record label otherwise yeah. they can't get their stuff produced they can't get it distributed whereas when they release, reach a certain level of fame that relationship kind of shifts the power balance shifts toward the recording artist and he transcended like the industry in the sense that like, he literally did not need them to succeed yeah. um, I think like it, like if you're think, trying to think if you've never heard of Prince, uh, Prince Song before obviously Pop, Purple Rain is important you've definitely heard uh, When Doves Cry you, um, you, you, you think about it and you're like uh you be like, I never heard that song, and like when you hear it, you're like, ah, oh, that song. I think Prince is quintessentially that guy. Like, if you're not a Prince fan, like you, there's definitely Prince songs that you like mm. because like he's one of those guys that have been so prolific with great songs, and uh, it's kind of the same with, like with David Bowie. If you're not a David Bowie fan, there'll always be these songs that you like that you didn't know was David Bowie because he's been so prolific over his lifetime. Yeah, uh, he's only 57, which is quite sad. Um, rumors were that he had the flu during the week uh, previously, and he just he was just found dead. Uh, no, no uh, signs of uh, uh, visible force or trauma, so the, the the police aren't treating it as suspicious, and no signs of suicide, thankfully as well. So it could just be one of those freak things that happened. But um, I think that uh, it's cool thing about someone like Prince is that like you know you create a kind of a catalog of work, and you make it, and you have su- such an influence on. Generations of of new performers that like it's kind of like he's dead now, but like it's like he's still here. He like he lived forever. It's, it's a form of immortality. Yeah, and that's I suppose that's why fame is attractive for a lot of people because it is a form of immortality. Your but, work will live on long after you. But uh, I think that's the the, the, the most uh, fitting tribute we can give to him that like he, he will live on through his work. And if he does have those twenty thousand unreleased songs, he'll, his his new work will continue to live yeah, uh, long, long after he's dead. Apparently, as soon as he as soon as he um. He was freed from his record date. He released a, a three-disc album of songs that he'd just been saving up. <laughs> Suck it, uh, record holding. And if you like Batman, the original movie with Michael Keaton, he did the soundtrack, which is awesome. Uh, so, R.I.P. Uh, China and Prince. Uh, uh, we'll see you in heaven someday, hopefully, unless we both go to hell, which is a very likely occurrence. Yeah, probably. But, uh, or I'll live on as a ghost. Ghost car. Ooh. I wouldn't mind being a ghost. Being a ghost would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would. I, it depends what kind of ghost, like a friendly ghost or like a specter, or well, it, it depends on my mood. Like most of the time, I'd be Casper style, you know, yeah. just like buddy up with, with with somebody, just like guide them through life, just kind of creepy. But I suppose Casper was a ghost kid as well, wasn't he? Yeah. As opposed to an old ghost, so it's... A, a kid taken before his time. Yeah, but ghost yeah, kind of... some, sometimes you just want to mess with people for fun. Ghosts. Ghosts. I still want to go on a ghost hunt. We should. We should do that for a podcast someday. An honest to goodness ghost hunt, like Halloween this year, Gar. Well, the, well ha- the Halloween show is, is is I see bread people. Gar, can we? We have several seg- segments. We can do both. 
No, I see Red Reaper will be a standalone show, Ken. Duh. Fine. Maybe we could, Don't make me bump at the podcast today. Maybe we could have like a special a week of events on the network. Yeah, we have a network now. We do. We're not going to charge you $9.99 a month or like WWE. No, we're going to charge you $19.99. <laughs> we're worth it. But uh, let's have some stories. It's time for our favorite segment, Gar. All, all our segments are our, are, are our babies, so they're all our favorites. So it's time for a little segment we call Who News Best? And speaking of bare necessities from earlier, Gar, with. Do you like that segue? Solid. Beautiful. With the exit of Clara Oswald at the end of Series 9, our old friend the Doctor was in need of a new companion. Enter young actress Pearl Mackey to co pilot the TARDIS in Series 10. Mm hmm. We have a new one. We have a new companion. They released a little clip of her too. It wasn't it, just like they announced who it was. They usually have like a press photo with the TARDIS. That's the famous way of revealing a new companion. But the the Londoners' role was announced on the BBC during halftime of the FA Cup semi-final match between Everton and Man United. That was probably the most interesting part of that match. We're also upset that United won. Boo. But um, uh, we should state now that Gareth did not like her. I didn't like her at all. She was being annoying and like energetic in that kind of annoying way and precocious and like, you know, the kind of aloof, oh, look how, how charming and, and, and annoying I am. And, and like, shut up. Peter Capaldi's better than you. Stop you questioning him and being annoying. What struck me was she almost seemed like, like the last four companions all rolled into one. Yeah. They tr- like she seemed to have aspects of all their personalities. It's like, Let's just stick what, what, with what worked before. Actually, what I like, like least about her is I, I, the clip was taken out of context, so I, I don't know how much how long she was in that particular episode. Yeah. But she didn't seem nearly freaked out enough by all of this. Yeah. Like the first time you're told, "Hey, this man is is what is he like nine thousand years old now since he punched that rock for ages?" Yeah. Um, he's been. Oh, a- he's like. Billions of years old now, yeah. isn't he? Though is he technically billions of old because it was a copy. Technically, his, yeah, his, yeah, we talked about this, yeah. His DNA should be the same because he, he was always brought back as the same age. But yeah. yeah, he's been traveling the world for thousands of years. There's aliens, there's there's planets, there's time travel. And she's like, oh, I'm being all like sarcastic and, and pretending none of this is getting to me. and annoys me. Should be freaking the hell out. What the hell is a Dalek? Why is that thing wandering around shouting exterminate? Why is it trying to kill me? I suppose what they're trying to do is kind of actually like that's what the usual reaction is so maybe they're trying to play on that now is it's like why aren't you freaked out by this and that's where the comedy is coming from I guess yeah but she was just annoying Ken but what I will say is it said it was from a future episode but I have read they haven't started shooting the season yet so it could be that like Stephen Moffat kind of hurried 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 uh, kind of a a little script in the, together just to kind of introduce her and you know they like so i don't i don't ma- imagine that whole clip will make the episode i I think very little of that clip will make the episode I, no, I, none of it does and they retool her whole character plus like, her dress sense was weird and that annoyed me too so yeah. it may be all like modern and, and and cool i don't like modern and cool things ken i'm yeah. not I'm the least fashionable person known to man but she, like she, I, like i'm kind of thinking that she hasn't been fully realized yet or like you know We've only seen one small little clip of her, so I'm hoping that's not her full kind of personality. That's not like her full presence in the show. And her name is um Bill. Bill, the character name. Yeah, but, but like a like a dude. Short for Billy, I suppose. She's one of the youngest. Uh, compa- uh, I should say, it's like uh, like we've had a trend of young companions. Excuse me. Uh, she's 28, which is quite old compared to other people who are signed up. Yeah, but um, I I really hope they don't do the whole sexual tension thing. Yeah, they run that one to the ground. 
that uh, in case you're interested, Mackie graduated at uh, the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School in 2010. Uh, she played Anne Marie Fraser in Doctors. So if you've ever been up, uh, if you've ever been at home during the day and jobless, you probably have seen Doctors. Or at three in the morning in Ireland. Yeah. And no, it's Shortland Street, isn't it? Yeah. Then, which is the New Zealand version of Doctors, basically. Uh, she's currently performing in the National Theatre's West End production of The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Um, do you want to hear what she had to say about her receiving uh, one of the most coveted, coveted roles in British television? Blah, 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 blah. Annoying. Gareth, just give her go a on, chance. Give on. her a chance. I'm not one of these people who hates new things. Like, I, I, I don't, like, it's different. I hate it. But she was annoying. I don't like her. Are you, re- are you ready? Yeah, get a good quote. I'm incredibly excited to be joining the Doctor Who family. Good start. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> She's like, kind of hate it, actually. That's uh, a paycheck. <laughs> Doing it for the money. It's such an extraordinary British institution. I couldn't be prouder to call the TARDIS my home. She doesn't live in the TARDIS. She knows nothing about Doctor Who. Only the Doctor lives in the TARDIS. Care. <laughs> Give poor Pearl a chance. Or poor Bill, I should say. She added, Peter Capaldi is such a brilliant actor. So she's... she's She's uh, sucking up already, Karen. So well, she's sure. not blind. And his doctor is such a wacky and wonderful character. That's okay. untrue. His doctor is gruff and angry and bitter. He's not wacky. Quite the curmudgeon. Uh, I lost my place, Karen. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just burying her flat out. <laughs> I can't wait to see what adventures are in store for him and Bill throughout time and space. Just just to be clear, um, what's, what's her name? Pearl? Pearl Mackey. I'm yes. sure she's uh, a lovely person and wonderful actor. Her character is annoying. You've only seen like a snippet of she have they have probably haven't fully realized what they're gonna do. Well, with they her. shouldn't show it to me then, should they? Can because I'm going to judge them. They can't give me something and ask me not to judge it. It's all about going viral these days, Gary. They have to have some kind of clip. Uh, Mackie said that her new character is wicked. <laughs> wicked, <laughs> yo. Sorry, sorry. I had an involuntary spasm to the word wicked. Uh, describing her image as cool, strong, sharp, and a little bit vulnerable, with a bit of geekiness thrown in. <laughs> Karen, leave, leave poor Pearl alone. I have no problem with Pearl. I specified that from uh, specifically. All I'm saying, Gar, is give Pearl a chance. I'm I'm perfectly fine with Pearl. I have no problem with the person playing it. I have a problem with the character. Can I have a, I have a quote here from Peter Capaldi? Would that make you feel better? Fine. He's a wonderful human being. It is a genuine delight to welcome Pearl Mackey to Doctor Who. A fine, fine actress with a wonderful zest and charm. She's a refreshing addition to the TARDIS and will bring a universe of exciting new possibilities to the Doctor's adventures. I'm trying too hard to sell me on it, Pete. I don't believe you. Would you like me to try it in a Scottish accent and make you feel better? Peter Capaldi. It's a genuine delight to welcome Pearl Mackey <laughs> to Doctor Who. This is offending our Scottish listeners, of which we have had at least one. Yeah, so if you like my Scottish accent, um, you can thank me on Twitter at TWSKK. <laughs> if you don't, you can... Um, Lynch go away because I'm a genius rip his legs off so yeah we have a new companion More. new companion um, Garrett just just keep an open mind and reserve judgement <laughs> until after you've seen her first few episodes do you want to take us into our second story Garrett this week yeah unless you've been living under a rock you for the last few months you'll know Leicester City are currently on course to pull off the biggest zero to hero triumph in the history of the Premier League and they won 4-0 yesterday so go on Leicester City if not football yeah it 
it's true, we are all rooting for them, but it seems that their amazing stories even reach, like, the far shores of the U.S. of A, Ken. Yes. The Americas. Exactly, yeah. They're, they're, they're a worldwide phenomenon now. Everyone, if, if you're not rooting for Leicester City, you're a horrible human being. Like, I know Jamie Vardy's kind of a racist. Yeah. Fair enough. And he kind of looks like a rat. He has kind of a rat face. Yeah, he's a bit of a... Uh, uh, he has a bit of scumbagish tendencies, but he's yeah. good at football, so, you know. <laughs> Let him off. But there's, there's at least, you know another 24 people in that squad plus Claudio Ranieri plus reserves that are perfectly rootable for. Plus Claudio Ranieri looks like a lovely man. He looks like he'd be a nice granddad. He would, yeah. Would you be our granddad, Claudio? But uh, everyone from uh, has been getting behind the Foxes, but uh, a couple of surprising names here, Gareth, that we wanted to mention. WWE legend Rick, the, uh, nature boy Rick Flair uh, has offered some roaring words of inspiration for the Foxes. Uh, it's really brilliant. Uh, if you uh, if you Google uh, Ric Flair and Leicester City, uh, a BBC article will come up because it was on a BBC radio. So if you it, it, you'll see it, um, it's just him cutting a promo for, for for Leicester City. Do you think he has any idea who Leicester City actually are? N- no, probably not. <laughs> they sh- like they shove a, a fifty pound note in his top pocket and he say whatever they want. Uh, Ric Flair can be bought, which is what we've learned. From. Yeah. But uh, with Jamie Vardy missing for a minimum of one game, uh, they actually won 4 0 in that game, so I don't think it's yeah. going to be the big issue that they thought it would be. Leonardo Ochoa stepping up. It Ochoa. Could. Ochoa. It, there's two L's, Ken. How does his name spell Ochoa? Because the world is confusing. Where's he from? It's like South America somewhere, isn't it? It's Costa Rica, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's Aloha. There's two L's. But uh, it could be what the doctor ordered, Gar, with a, a Ric Flair promo. Ric Flair, you know, he's a. You, you know what the doctor didn't order? What? Bill, because she's terrible. Sorry, couldn't help myself. <laughs> I'm going to give you props for the for the wordplay. Yeah, but I'm also going to shame you for for for, for putting down poor Pearl. I'm I no problem with Pearl and Bill. Problem with Bill. We 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 have yet to know whether she would fit the bill or not, Gar. Ooh, we're just going to do a bunch of Doctor and Bill puns. Yeah, but um, aside from thinking the odds were one in five hundred million, which is a very Ric Flair kind of statement. Uh, the, one of my, our favorite parts as well is, he, he, is that he calls Man United out saying that they've got no game. Yeah. At least he didn't roll out WWE logic and say they had a 1 in 20 chance of winning the Premier League, which yeah. they didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's assuming all teams are exactly alike. Yeah, and, and each have have no differentiating uh, qualities, which is a load of rubbish. But, uh, Ric Flair, uh, I, I imagine he was just like, what do you want me to say? Okay. Uh, yeah. Like, like, like his his promo. In fairness, also, he's been doing that for years. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think his TNA one was? What do you want me to say? All right. He's, he's like, how much money? <laughs> but his promo, his his promo, like showed a distinct lack lack of understanding of football or anything like that. There's no so like, um, but like, uh, I'm gonna pitch it to you, guy. Instead of a fox, what if Ric Flair becomes Leicester City's new mascot? I'd be into it. Ric Flair would be good. Ric Flair on the crest instead of a fox. <laughs> and you roll him out before games and he does a few woos and struts and yeah. drops elbows on the opposing team's jersey. Yeah. And has like has like a robe made out of foxes. Yeah. But but if, if we're replacing the the thing with, with him, wouldn't it be a robe made out of him? If he's a new mascot. <laughs> That's creepy. The Leicester City Ric Flair's. But uh, it, does, it doesn't stop there, Gar. The NFL UK also released a video of Tom Brady... Uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback of New New England Patriots, wishing Casper Schmeichel, the the Leicester City goalkeeper, and son good, of famed goalkeeper Peter Schmeichel, and the entire team in general, 
good luck as they try to take the Premier League title. Do you think he also knows who Casper Schmeichel is? But apparently Schmeichel is a big fan of his and, uh, you know, he was in the UK doing a bit of press so he's like, this is a thing that's in, in our, our sports headlines at the moment. He's like, okay, put up... And I, can, I just imagine him holding up cue cards. And, yeah, it's just like, write me a script. <laughs> but he, uh, he basically said, uh, hey Casper, I hear that you're a huge Patriots fan. It's almost like he's like doing a make-a-wish or something yeah. to a kid. I just want to let you know all all, all that's just City's success and passion uh, no wait I totally screwed up that quote let me start again all over the place rewind yeah. that's hey, what Cass. you sound like all the time thanks Gary <laughs> you're so mean today you're, yeah. you're, you're, I'm a mean you're angry, at, you're angry at Pearl Gary you're not angry at me <laughs> I'm not angry at Pearl either just Bill let me do take two hey Casper I hear you're a huge Patriots fan I just want to let you know that with all of the success that Leicester City has had this season in the Premier League I wanted to let you know, he said that's twice for some reason. Yeah, he's clearly using stock phrases to fill time. Yeah, you've got a lot of Patriot fans supporting you as well. Keep up the great work. I know you guys are kicking butt. Again, really generic statement. So yep. it's just like, it's like, how, what, what do you want me to say? Okay. Thing, thing, thing. Generic phrase, generic phrase, thing. Thing that's in the news in the UK to endear myself to UK fans. Yep. But uh, we're all rooting for Leicester. And if you're not, you're a heartless monster who wants Spurs to win. Yeah. Spurs. Officially this weekend... City and Arsenal were ruled out mathematically. Nice. So like it's like it's guaranteed be, guaranteed to be uh, a team that's not in the usual big four or five. It's guaranteed to be a first ever win. Yeah, a, a brand new Premier League champion. Yeah. Uh, and Leicester City are guaranteed uh, Champions League football now. Yeah, long since I think they're guaranteed automatic Champions League football at this stage. They are. They are indeed. So uh, they're going straight into the groups. This was a fun little story, but it's mostly to gush about Leicester and how cool that would be. They finished the season uh, last last season on fourteen uh, 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 in 14th place. Yeah. They nearly got relegated. They were doing dreadfully up until the round. At Christmas, they were, they were in the relegation zone, the bottom three. And now they're put, they are three games away from being the champions. It will be the, like, it's like, it's the equivalent of like, I don't know, the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl or something. I don't know, American football. But yeah, we'll do a Premier League review show or recap episode sometime in May. And I can... Guarantee that we would not have predicted Leicester winning the Premier League back no, in the day. I'm going to go back and listen because we did a Premier League preview, and I'd I'd hazard a guess at, there's at least like a seventy percent chance we both predicted Leicester would be relegated. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like this, this tends to happen. Other teams have done it. Like Stoke did it for a while. West Ham well, did it for a while. None of them. None of them went and won the league. <laughs> exactly. Southampton, Leicester. Uh, Wigan in previous seasons, team like West Brom got off to a great start one year. They these like kind of like. Um, underdog teams get off to a great start, but they always kind of collapse, peter out, or drop off. Drop off, and like, and like, and like, it was, it was, it was, I think it was during Christmas. Everyone's like, nah, it's, it's gonna drop off. It's not happening. What's even now, happening? even now, people are like, with three games to go, it's like, oh, Leicester have a tough run, and it's gonna drop off. And if it does, I'll, I'll be crushed because it, it can, it still can, but I really hope it doesn't. But um, yeah, we're rooting for you, Leicester, and we will celebrate your victory like, uh, like uh, any decent human being. And uh, anyway, can on to other things that are happening in May. Fantastic segue, Gar. Yeah. When the Eurovision Song Contest began began back in 1956, I blew my line there, Gar. We'll, we'll keep going. We'll 60th keep going. anniversary this year, by the way. It is the 60th anniversary. Actually, good good catch, Gar. Yeah. It was conceived as a competition about fun, inclusion, and unity. Now, in 2016, it seems that times have changed, and the contest is about inclusion, unity, and fiscal responsibility. You got to pay your share, Ken. Gotta pay your pay your way in the in the EBU. Yeah, the EBU is the uh, if you don't know is the organizing uh, body of the Eurovision Song Contest, and they have kicked Romania out of this year's contest for not paying their debts. Damn right they did. Uh, Romania have been expelled from the contest. Uh, 
after the national broadcaster TV or uh, forgot to pay outstanding outstanding debts, and it's, it's not a recent thing. It's it's debts uh, totaling uh, around about uh, sixteen million Swiss francs. So it's around sixteen million euro. That's because uh, uh, is that one for one? It's not one for one, but it's quite quite close to the last time I checked because I work with currencies at work, and uh, so like it's it's not recent debt either. It's going back to two thousand and seven. Yeah. They haven't paid his debt. I feel sorry for the poor lad that was going to go. But, uh... Avidu Ob- Anton. Yeah. Avidu is a funny sounding name. Poor Avidu got, got booted just because uh, his, his country are bums, apparently. <laughs> uh, but uh, the EBU uh, described the action to exclude Romania from next month's contest in Sweden as regrettable. Yeah, I'd imagine they don't want to do it because, you know, they want the money. <laughs> I mean, Romania have never won the contest, but they came third in 2005 and 2010. And they, they always tend to qualify from the semi-final. They always tend to do quite well. Hashtag block voting. Exactly, so hashtag one less one for Ireland to worry about. Ireland were actually in the same semi-final as Romania this year as well. That's one less competition then. Exactly. <laughs> That's not all we care about. We don't care about you Romanians and your Eurovision being kicked out of the Eurovision. But we, we want to win. But, uh, or at e- least qualify out of the semis. Yeah, because like watching, we have a Eurovision party every year, and I, I will talk about this closer to the Eurovision time in our Eurovision segment. We will have one, just so you know. Yes, of course we will. Look forward to it. Uh, but... The EBU had called on the remaining government to make the satisfactory arrangements to repay to that, or at least make it intent to pay it back or some kind of payment plan. Yeah. Uh, by Wednesday, April 20th, they ignored the deadline. Uh, and uh, e- the EBU just like, saw us, uh, were forced to take this action. And uh, we are disappointed that all our attempts to resolve this matter have received no response from the rem- remaining government. <laughs> the remaining response the government are like, nah, <laughs> we don't have the money. Sorry, lads. They lose, I think, like rights to European tournaments as well, football tournaments, yeah, which I think the EBU uh, distribute as well. Yeah, select footballing tournaments, so they may not get to show the Euros. And Romania are actually in the Euros this year, so yeah. Okay. So, and uh, they also lose the right to broadcast the semi-finals and the final of the Eurovision. They don't. They can't even <gasps> show it. They'll be just sitting there illegally streaming the the contest they're no longer in. But uh, as you said, Gar, Ovid, you, uh, Anton uh, was due to perform "Moment of Silence" at this year's contest in Stockholm on the 12th of May but um, the 24 year old singer uh, gosh got the boot yeah he's kicked out uh, and on uh, on his website he, uh, he made a statement saying dear friends I have finally received the official communication I am trying to smile and not get carried away but it is unfair it's not unfair you didn't pay your way it's perfectly fair there are rules like it's like what's, what's fair about it's unfair on him I suppose he didn't do anything wrong exactly but uh, like if everyone like didn't pay their way like th- that's can you be... can't host the tournament. Yeah, that's the reason England, Germany, France, Italy, and Spain get in every single year because they fund the bloody thing. Exactly. So uh, I feel sorry for the guy because, like, I, I listened to the song. Actually, he's quite a contender as well. So mm. it's it's. Uh, I'm know. upset because he has this statement here, which we we won't bother reading. We we got the main point. He's upset, but yeah. he he spelled fair wrong the first time, yeah. and he's Romanian, so I won't give out about him. Um, for his second language not being great but then he goes on to spell it correctly which yeah. annoys me so he does know how to spell fair 
He just didn't proofread his statement. So he deserves this. <laughs> he deserves to get kicked out. John Ola Sand, who, who is the, the executive supervisor of the Eurovision for as long as I can remember now. You can always see him every year. They cut to him to go like, everything is going fine. <laughs> the votes are going well. Actually, we need a bit more time. It's usually stalling for time. <laughs> um, he said to take an act out at such a late stage uh, is, of course, a little disruptive. This, these Scandinavians are so like to the point. Yeah. It's a bit disruptive, but... Uh, will everything I- will be fine. He <laughs> exists. <laughs> exactly what he said it will not negatively affect the 2016 contest in in any other way uh obviously like he said it's disappointing to have to do that because that's not the spirit of the competition but uh you know for the artists and for the fans and the viewers in romania and all around europe because you know they're being left out in the cold this year because they won't even get to watch it yeah sorry romania um though if Ovidu wants to uh, enter an irish entry next year we will write it for him yes we'll, we'll, we'll give i can't say it'll be a good song but i will write it <laughs> But it's not the first time a country has been barred from taking part in the Eurovision Guard. They're quite ruthless when they want to be. There are rules, Ken. There's not actually that many rules, so just follow the bloody rules. Um, Australia was under scrutiny as well because their song uh, contains uh, a reference to FaceTime and songs can't contain advertisement. Uh, yeah, you can't have the advertisement, you can't be political, yeah. and it has to be an original song. Yeah. And there, there used to be like rules about being an amateur, Yeah. but they've... they've they went of... right out the window. Yeah. Like, uh, but Greece was, uh, on that note, disqualified in 1982 for entering a song that was based on a national folk, folk tune, therefore not an original song. And most recently, uh, Georgia was disqual- uh, disqualified in, 2000, in uh, 2009 for complain- containing political lyrics. So, like, it's a no-no, like, you'll get kicked out. Yep. But um, that devastating news wraps up our stories for another week. We trust that the universe will provide more inter- interesting tales in time for our next week's episode. Netflix is rapidly approaching, but we have just enough time for a quick break before your weekly entertainment fix. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Now it's time for Netflix. You're listening to the Weekend Show. It's time now again for our favorite segment, Netflix. Your one-stop shop for all the pop culture goodies residing on the internet. So, Ken, enlighten us. What's your first pick of the net? This week? Yeah. Uh, well, hardly first... last weekend. There was an entire net picks for last week. I was setting up my, my, my pitch, Gar. Fire away. You're so mean today. I am. Are you still angry with Pearl, Gar? Bill. Per- perfectly fine with Pearl. I have no problem with Pearl. I'm sure Bill. she's lovely. Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't fit the bill for you. Does she? I use that joke you, before. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. Come up with the other jokes. Jeez. My first pick this week. Uh, um, I've been kind of. I, I saw this this uh, this on Netflix like a while back, but I've been kind of ignoring it because it made me sad. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, basically it's a, a, a mini doc that uh, PBS made um, last year uh, on Robin Williams. It's called Robin Williams Remembered. It's from the Pioneers of Television series. And it basically kind of, it goes a kind of a retrospective of his career, talks to people that knew him and, and worked with him and has clips of of Williams himself. And like, like it's only now when you look back, you can see the, just like the pain behind his eyes. Like, and, yeah. um, one of, one of the quotes in the thing is like that he held, like the, he had obviously had dark in his life, but he held it back for as long as he could. And, and just... if, you, if you watch his dramatic performances as opposed to his comedy stuff, I think that's why he was actually such a good actor. Yeah. Because there was almost always a sadness behind him, wasn't there? Yeah. And the best comedians, you know, draw from the sadness. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of, the, one of the quotes in the thing is that, you know, he obviously had the darkness and he held it back for as long as he could, but he just couldn't anymore. But um, 
I don't know. It's 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 a it's a tough watch in the sense that like you know every time you watch these documentaries like like you're really enjoying like watching his old work and watch you know and watching his you know and listening to you know his thought process behind you know his comedy and his roles and like you're really invested in it and then you kind of you kind of snap back and remember it like he's dead it's you get that gut punch all over again don't you exactly it's like, it's he's, like you're reliving his work you're reliving the fond memories you have of him and then they get to the end which is he died he's gone and he died in, in tragic circumstances unfortunately but um it, it's just a really it's a really it's like oh it's only an hour so it's a really nice condensed look back at his at his career and it, it, it kind of focuses a lot on his stand-up because he was just a genius like the way he was able to connect the dots so quickly like apparently he used to go out and just like he used to uh, work on the show Mork and Mindy, which is a spin-off of Happy Days, and like he'd do fourteen-hour days on the set, and then just do stand-up all night, and like he would never have anything planned. Like he, sometimes he'd write material or he'd have ideas, but like sometimes he's like, literally like one of those um, uh, tin toys. You just wind them up and let them go, and he just yeah. Uh, a lot of his sets, he just used to take things from the crowd and just like improvise with their with their coats or with their like one of his favorite things to do was take a woman's handbag and just talk about what was inside <laughs> it and it's just like and talks about the fact that he was classically trained as an actor in Juilliard so a lot of people I thought I always find it strange like oh what's this comedian doing serious roles for but he's actually a serious actor and he's a damn good one and his improvisational skills and his instincts that he developed as as, as a professionally trained actor actually made him a, a, an amazing stand-up so it's a, it's, a, it's a condensed look at his life it's it's sad but it's a kind of a bittersweet kind of watch but i, I do really recommend it it's, it's a and pbs are, are basically probably one of the best distributors distributors of documentaries in the u.s if not if not the world at the moment I, like they they really know their game when it comes to documentaries yeah it's a good show what crazy ones yes with robin williams shortly before he died it was, it was unfortunately cancelled after one year but yeah. him sarah sarah michelle geller good show yeah track that down watch it sneaky epics sneaky epics but gary i'm gonna i'm gonna pitch it to you now gary you're gonna give us uh, your first netflix of the week but uh that's uh before i do that's pioneers of television robin williams remembered from pbs on netflix uh my first one is a game that was released last friday on april 22nd ratchet and clank i think we have it here gary it's right there on the desk in front of you I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's a kind of a remake or or a retelling of the original Ratchet and Clank game from 2002, and it's tied in. There's a movie out. We'll talk about the movie in a second as well. But there's a movie out to to tie in with it. The movie's out at the end of the week actually. It's quite clever promotion. Yeah, and they actually used many of the same like models and assets in both the film and the game. Yeah. To create kind of a visual consistency and inc- almost increase kind of the overall standard of both. A continuity is like which comes first the story of the game or the story of the film or are they the same i think they're kind of the same i think they're both like reimaginings of the origin story it could be interesting if they had the film and the fi- and the con- game was a continuation of the film that would yeah. be interesting but um yeah. it's it's kind of a throwback to games that don't really get made anymore in what sense you know like the the old kind of mascot platformers on ps2 we talked about these a couple of weeks ago the likes of crash spyro ties tied to the tiger jack and daxter mm-hmm. and, and ratchet and clank they all had these like fun platforming games. They they were a good time, you, and they were simple. You knew what you were gonna get, but you know they were good fun. And pe- people kind of stopped making them. They they make like full open world games, which I kind of get tired of at this stage because I don't yeah. have the time to commit to them. I have seen rumors of a new Crash game as well, guys. So. Yeah, they, they was have been rumbling for quite a while. I think Sony will announce it eventually. Maybe at E three this year if if they don't. That's the kind of thing they will save for an E three though. That yeah. they'll, they'll go, hey, look, Crash is back and everyone will lose their shit. 
but, um, Crash was the original PlayStation mascot. I remember seeing the the, the poster for the movie and like in it, it it like immediately grabbed me because like it kind of goes goes into your point there, Gary, that nostalgia really pulls people in these days. Like it's it's just like it reminds you of kind of a time where you're kind of not happier. Like I'm happy now, but like it's just kind of a more innocent time. A more innocent time where where like you know. It, it, it doesn't. It's not just the. It's not just the game and the memory of Ratchet and Clank. It just. It just recalls the time, of like kind of just kind of innocence and optimism. Where, so that's why, why I think this is like the vast majority of our media these days because, the people who are, con- are like the big consumers are, of the children of the eighties and nineties are the adults now, and like they're as lucrative, as they were when they were children because they because like like we're a generation of kind of. I suppose dreamers, idealists, like we don't like, like I liken it to our parents. Like when they were younger, they let go of the things that they liked as a child because yeah. you know that's what you did. You you know you moved on, you became an adult. There was the, the very distinct difference between being a child and being an adult. You grow up and you become an adult and you let go of childish things. But <laughs> with with responsibility loses joy. <laughs> exactly, uh, but with with our generation, I think that we hold on to those things and we value them. So that's why we're seeing a kind of a progression of, of, of nostalgia-based media yeah. being a genre of, of its own these days. Hot taker. Yeah. So that's Ratchet & Clank available. It's only 40 bucks, which you know, I'd say only 40 bucks. But like most new releases on, on the current-gen consoles are usually in the region of like 60 to 70, if you're depending where you go. So yeah, 40 bucks is pretty reasonable. Gareth's like flush with money these days since he got a job. So yeah, he's, he's Money, money, money. He's anyway, a... Ken, your next next picks. Uh, mine's just a, a really quick one uh, for my final one here. Um, it's uh, our little tribute to, to Prince here. Um, the 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 Voice UK was probably one of the best I've seen this year. Uh, I didn't watch it. Like some of the strongest like people like you know people you can actually see being like international stars like like the Voice of Ireland will never in a million years find hey, one of those people. Hey, Michael Lawson won last night, Ken, and he's an okay singer with very little performance capabilities. There's my hot take. He's, he seems like a nice lad. He's actually a pretty good singer, yeah. but you, you don't see him feeling the songs. If that yeah. would be that would be my note to you, Michael, if you ever listen to the show. But um, one of the performances in the live semi-final was a, a contestant named Jolin, who eventually finished second. Yeah, uh, he finished second to Kevin Sim, who was in Liberty X. So he kind of a sob story of like, you know, my career went into the toilet. I'm I'm on the comeback trail. So his uh, his story was probably better than his. Is actually performances. Now he has a great voice. He has a fantastic voice. You may have seen his uh, performance of Chandelier by Sia go viral, but um, I literally got goosebumps. Like and like, it's it's really prophetic because this took place before Prince died. But like, it's almost become it, from what it it, like, it was a kind of a, an homage. But now it's become a fitting tribute. Mm. But this kid is like, like, it's like watching Queen. Uh, what Queen. age is he? He's like uh, 22, 23. So what age are you? I'm 27 this year. So you've already reached the age where you're calling people who are five years younger than you, kid. And come right, I, like, Gar, just, I was trying to, uh, <laughs> go, go on, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just, you're just a punk kid, Gary. Yeah. But, uh, but like, like, I, I remember seeing him and I was like, it's a real, like, like, these shows, like, are almost like, are basically, I've, I've said this in our, in our, in our talent show episode, they're basically to fill eight weeks of television these days they don't they don't uncover many genuine you know talents or like exciting stars these days but this Jolin guy like it's like watching Prince perform on stage like like he had all the kind of the the, the falsetto in his voice but like 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 do you know that kind of thing where the hair stands up in the back of your neck and you're just like 
enthralled by these performances. Mm-hmm. This is rare on these talent shows these days, but uh, just just Jordan Kidd, like he like he's only in his kind of getting towards his mid twenties, but like he's like he's like getting the crowd to sing along, and like he was just like doing all these gyrations and kind of like he like he's got this like persona performance down, like he like embodied the kind of spirit of Prince. So which is my problem with uh, young Michael who won the voice. Exactly. And he's got an amazing voice. Like this guy is going to be a mega star, and I just thought it was kind of cool. Like with with Prince passing on that, that you know he's inspired a generation of new performance. Like I said in in our opening segment, that you know that will carry his message forward for generations to come. But um, I mean, I said I said it was a quick one. I just gave you a whole spiel, yeah, emotional spiel. But like Jolin performing Purple Rain on the live semi-final, the voice is available on YouTube, and it will give you the feels and the goosebumps and the chills the all at goosies. once. I mean, you may even pass out from the from the emotionist. Right, your your two have been like thoughtful tributes to to amazing artists who have passed on. Yeah. My second one, Ken, is people rolling tires down a hill in Japan. <laughs> now, Gar showed me this yesterday, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, Japan is a wonderful country where weird things happen all the time. Yeah, like, uh, we, me and Gar went to Japan, and we uh, roomed. We were room buddies. Yeah. In, in Japan, in that tiny little room, and uh, we just. Like we were enthralled by Japanese television, and we couldn't understand a word. But like it was just so entertaining, regardless. Yeah. This this particular clip, if you know the the sport of ski jumping, where people wear skis and throw themselves down giant hills of snow off the off the ski jumps, yeah, which is bizarre in its own right because people are hurling themselves off hills at like at probably eighty miles an hour or whatever. This was was ski jumping except with tires. They were rolling a variety of different tires down a hill to see which would go furthest. <laughs> yeah, so they started off with kind of a, a small tire, then they did kind of a car tire, Jeep tire, a Formula One tire, yeah, uh, bus tire. A, a tractor tire, I think, was the big one. Yeah, tractor tire. Which, the tractor tire was funny, because there, there was a little ramp, it went off, and then uh, it went to distance. It smashed through the ramp. It, it just destroyed it. It destroyed the whole setup. <laughs> yeah, and they, they caught them in a, like a little kind of balloon at the end, except this giant tractor tire ran through with the balloon and just kept on going. And totally punctured the balloon. But uh, this stuff happens in Japanese TV all the time. They're just like, hey... Let's just do this bunker stuff and see what happens. Like yeah. one of uh, the clips that we recommended previously as well, a guy was on an apartment building, yeah. and then he flung a pizza, a frozen pizza, into a, a microwave on an oven in, in like a different block, like like twenty, thirty feet apart. Exactly, it was amazing. And, and it's always like the format is always the same. It's a studio audience of like what I'm assuming is Japanese kind of uh, TV celebrities or, just watching and reacting. Yeah, how they do. I I think that's I, I said this before. I think that's the equivalent of a laugh track. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because we saw a lot of that in Japan as well. It's like, why, why are there people in the corner? What, who are these people and what are they doing? One of my favorite clips from Japanese TV as well is uh, a New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, clip where with Jushin Liger. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, all the New Japan boys are asleep. And then he goes in, he sneaks into the rooms and see, their rooms to see if he can pin them <laughs> in their sleep. And like the funny thing is that like the wrestlers are so ingrained, uh, you know, the training is so ingrained in them that... I, even though they were asleep, most of them kicked out on two. <laughs> yeah. Tanahashi wouldn't put Liger over even asleep. No. Tanahashi kicked out on one. Yeah. That actually reminds me of, we were just randomly watching like this Japanese tennis charity tennis game. Yeah. And like halfway through, they were just like, they stopped and they just brought out John McEnroe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay. <laughs> Johnny McEnroe is big in Japan. Yeah. Japan's a weird country and they produce weird things. Search tire ski jump on YouTube. You'll yeah. find them rolling giant tires down it's a six hill. six minutes long, but it's oddly compelling television <laughs> for what is tires. <laughs> Just rolling down a hill. You, you won't tire of it very quickly. Way. Well, would you look at that? We are fresh out of picks for this week. 
If I were a betting man, though, I would put money on there being more picks in our next episode. We do occasionally do episodes without net picks, though, so, you know, that's, you could lose your money Don't there. worry, Gary, I plan, I plan weeks and weeks in advance because I care about our the quality of our show for our listeners, so there will be net picks next week. I, I don't promise. know what I'm talking about on podcast today tomorrow, so that's clearly much better than me. <laughs> if you love any of our recommendations, be sure to pat us on the back by dropping us a message on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK or on Twitter at TWSKK. SKK. Time for another break now before we kick off the summer blockbuster season in style. Stick around. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TWSKK, Twitter at TWSKK, or search for TWSKK on YouTube. You are very welcome back to the Weekend Show with myself, Ken Kidney, and my famous co-host, Garrett. I'm famous. He's got his own podcast now. He's, he's too good for me. Yeah. You may recall nearly a year ago. We're, we've been doing this for nearly a year, Gar. This is because this is technically the first segment that has reoccurred. Yes. Yeah, there, we've come back round. This is the full circle segment. Exactly. Like, as I said, you may recall in one of our very first episodes, we did a summer movie preview. I'm pretty sure it was episode two. It's like episode, yeah, it was episode two. So that's like we're on episode 38 now. Yeah. Uh, besides the, the We End show. Because so. I think the, the first episode, our first episode was the... Last weekend of May? Yeah, it was the last weekend of May, yeah. So we're a month away from our one-year anniversary. Which we will mark in style. We will do a montage of us high-fiving or something, I don't know. 2016 is another huge year for movies, so we thought we'd keep a, a good thing going in our second annual summer blockbuster bit. Ah, damn it! <laughs> you were building up to it, too. I was really trying to sell it. Do you want to do, do it, Gary? You do it, go on. In our second annual summer blockbuster blitz. Well done. Yeah, nailed it. You don't leave me. <laughs> uh, you know, like last year, we'll run down this year's stacked lineup and reveal our picks for the movies we are most looking forward to uh, seeing before getting down to the brass tacks of predicting the summer's biggest movie. Yeah. Before before we get started, we're going to discount Civil War in all of these categories. Yeah. Civil War will probably be a great film and Civil War will definitely make the most money. So yeah. we're just not going to talk about it. Yeah. We've, we've done shows on it and we'll do a show on it when it comes out. Civil War will be great. And we're also going to ignore Apocalypse. Well, actually, we're not going to ignore Apocalypse because that is the film I'm most looking forward to. Spoilers. Uh, yeah. And we're going to ignore Suicide Squad because we did a, a superhero preview a few episodes back. So if you want to hear our previews of those, go back and listen to that. So, yeah. yeah. That's our disclaimer before disclaimer. you come at us and say, we didn't talk enough about Civil War, even though we're currently talking about Civil War. They didn't talk about Civil War. It's worthless. But, um, yeah. I lost my pace again, Gar. Well, I figure we should start, Ken, with the film we are most looking forward to in the summer. Yes, and we'll progress from there. I was gonna, I was gonna say that what we're gonna do, but like maybe we should just surprise people with, with uh, with our, with our words. Words. My pick was originally going to be the BFG, yes. the, the Steven Spielberg directed remake of a classic story starring Mark Mark Rylance as the the titular, big friendly giant. Titular is a funny word, isn't it? Sounds titillating. Yeah, because uh, Spielberg hasn't really done kind of, you know, light stuff in a little while. He's mostly been doing heavy stuff. And, and family-friendly Spielberg is fun Spielberg. Yeah, he hasn't gone there in a while. Not, probably not since War Horse. Yeah. Even then, that was quite serious in, in yeah, places. T- like, Tintin was the last one I would have said. And that's yeah. ana- even then, that's animated again. So, yeah. Um, I, so that was originally going to be my pick. Until this morning, Ken, when the, the good folks at Fox dropped another X-Men Apocalypse trailer. So it was Apocalypse for BFG for you, Gar. Yeah, BFG is dumped, even though I just talked about it, in favour of X-Men Apocalypse, which they now officially revealed 
as you make claws in your, with your hands uh, with pens. I, I'm not sure that Ken mean to do that, but he did it. Uh, Wolverine is in the film, probably in a cameo role though. But um, I th- what kind of made me laugh about this, like he's at the very end of the trailer, yep. which is, is almost like th- these trailers all seem to be constructed in the same way these days. Like, okay, this all seems very cool, but like I'm un- I'm un- I'm unconvinced about whether I'm going to see it or not. It's like Wolverine, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone goes, oh Wolverine, oh my god, and it breaks the internet. Yep, it's the same. Nothing breaks the internet anymore, Ken. Just shut up. <laughs> no more rants for you today. You had your quota of rants, Bill. But uh. It's the same with the, with the Civil War trailer. It's like, this is pretty cool. It's going to be awesome. Oh, shit. It's Super... Uh, not super uh, damn it. If Superman was in it, everyone would go nuts. <laughs> but uh, it's Spider-Man. Uh, so, um, yeah. But like, I, I watched this trailer on your recommendation, Garrett. And what I like about it is like, the first ones were quite grim. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be another one of these, is it? Like, serious. Yeah. Serious. Woe is me. The world is ending. But like this one was to be like, explosions. Yeah. Kick ass. Because it's a dark film. It's about a god trying to take over the world. You know, it, it's serious in tone. It's not like jovial like the Marvel films are, which are always joking. Yeah. Whereas, as opposed to the DC films, it's still kind of vibrant and colorful, and there's life in there, and it's yeah. not. It's it's heavy without being brooding, yeah. which is, is is a real plus. Because bloody brooding films annoy me. Because brooding films are boring. And for once, it seems like a a, a very serious threat of a villain. Like that, yep. if you're not familiar with Apocalypse, his basic power is that he steals other people's powers. And he's a god. And he's a god. So it's like. It feels like serious for once, because like like I, it really bugs me in recent films. Like you can think about all the recent Marvel ones, like Ant Man, even Iron Man Two, some uh, Iron Man Three. Like it happens, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Although Guardians of the Galaxy did have a second gear with like, but like, but uh, what I'm talking about, the is villain like, is lame. The villain is lame, and they're easily defeated in the end. Yep. Although in Guardians of the Galaxy, he did get kind of a, a second act as such, but yeah. But when you watch um. Because there's the divide between like Fox, Sony, and and Disney, who own the rights to this, and like yeah. the, the most compelling Marvel villain is Magneto. Yeah. So you know the the Disney films don't have access to him, but like they have access to Red Skull. Red Skull's yeah. a good villain, and even like Red Skull in the original Captain America film, eh, yeah. You know, they they don't do well with villains, yeah. and like they have access to the Spider-Man villains now, which is good for them. In fact, uh, Tony Stark is going to be uh, slash Iron Man is going to be in in the, the first uh, Spider-Man film of the new reboot. Is he? I didn't see that. Yeah, good for him. He's he's now in all of them except his own films because there's no more Iron Man films. Yeah, but yeah, they they need new villains. Yeah, and and most of the villains aside from like Spider-Man has good villains, and as I said, Red Skull and Magneto are good villains. The rest of them are kind of lame. Yeah, so I think we're back on Marvel now, even though we're like, we're not going to talk about it. There yet, my pick, X-Men Apocalypse. I think that's going to be a great film. Brian Singer makes good X-Men films. And and uh, a, sne- a close second for BFG for you, guys. Yep. Um, my one is, and as much as I protested this, it's going to be Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, you, you may have heard in previous episodes where I went on a rant about why it had to be all women. Mm-hmm. I still feel that way, but I feel like it could be the start of something good. I mean, like, like... Like, if I look back to previous summers, some of my favourite summer comedies were Melissa McCarthy movies, like The Heat and Spy, you know, films that I wasn't expecting much out of, but they delivered, so um, her his relationship, or her relationship, I should say, with uh, Paul Feig seems to be a good one. Um, uh, and, obviously, I just love, uh, like, like, I have a tradition where once a year I watch both the, both the Ghostbusters films back-to-back. Never separately. No, I never watched them separately. It's it's a weird uh, tradition of mine. I've but, never seen either of them. And the the original Ghostbusters are going to be in it, so um, 
you know, while a lot of people would have wanted uh, the uh, the the original cast to be the the focus of it, I think that would have been a mistake. Um, my only thing is why did it have to be women for the sake of it? It almost seems, you know, like there's no good explanation for it other than Puffy likes woman power. That's it. Like, um, my problem is that the trailer wasn't very good. But like, I suppose you don't give away too much in the trailer because <laughs> well, you want the trailer to make people want to go see the film though, and it I wasn't a very good trailer. The trailer is quite good. It kind of made a nod to the past, but it also shows, you know, the the the, the you know the, it kind of established the roles of the of the new team. But like, what I'm hoping is that it will establish the new universe or the new team. But like, it will kind of diversify throughout the kind of sequels if it if it makes it that far. So like. It starts off as an all-woman team, but there's kind of an indication that even uh, Chris Hemsworth will join the team. So he's their secretary. Yeah. So ho- like he's uh, the the Annie Potts of the of the new franchise. So I'm hoping like like it'll start off that way, but it will kind of. Just... Will he be called Andy Potts? No idea. <laughs> but like I'm hoping that it, it's the start of something good, and like I just love the idea of Ghostbusters. I think there's great comedy in it. Like catching ghosts is just it's just there's like a great source of of, of you know comedic. Uh, material so um i'm tentative tentatively looking forward to it uh, i was I, I, like i'm really looking forward to it but just because i'm curious to see whether it's going to be any good or not yeah but I, I don't have a lot much hope i don't think the trailer is any good wasn't funny at all <laughs> but we'll see there you go so um we're skipping superhero films but all our dates will be irish release dates which should be more or less the same as the uk ones but they might not be so in case you're interested uh civil war will be april 29th apocalypse will be may 19th and suicide squad is august 5th so yeah if you want your own u.s release dates or dutch or wherever the hell you're listening to us um check them there's a thing called the internet movie database you may have heard of it yep so the first one we're going to talk about again which is one we briefly touched on a moment ago ratchet and clank which is out april 29th april 29th um i, I actually i went to the cinema last week and i walked past the poster and i was like is that a poster for a game oh no it's a film okay yeah. they're making they're turning into a film and we know ken there there is very few good super or very few good video game movies there's not a good track record no uh but this is a kids movie so it might get away with it i'm pretty sure it's being written by the same people who wrote the games it has the same voice cast as the games had which i think is a major mistake a lot of these films make yeah where they try and deviate too much from what made the property good in the first place well, they'll take a celebrity voice even though it literally doesn't matter because it's animation yeah because it has like paul giamatti john goodman bella thorne and rosario dawson in it as well doing yeah. other things but like the the main class cast of ratchet and clank james arnold taylor does rat or ratchet yeah not sure who does clank but yeah it has the original cast so it's trying to stay true to the spirit of the thing they're trying to turn into a film which is nice yeah i think the film will do well because animation is an easy win i think for companies to invest in because you know when you're taking your kids to the cinema on the weekend you know basically shut them up for two hours (laughs) there's only so many things you can take them to so if it's not dominated by a disney release you're you're in there you know pretty much it's gonna make money um Will I will I go pay my money to see it? Probably not. I'll see how reviews are. Um. Well, you know, we have a, a, a kind of a, an omniplex near us that has kind of a, a great deal on Tuesday, uh, five five euro tickets. So, uh, I'm thinking of making that a tradition for me for the summer movies because, like, I'm looking down through this list. Like, if I pay full price, they're literally going to get hundreds and hundreds of my money. Yeah, there's a good like at least ten films I want to see here. Yeah, and I like to see these movies so we can talk about them on our on our humble podcast, guys. So. I'm gonna maybe start a tradition of going on to Tuesday to get the gun to fly. We're just gonna just so I can cover as many of these movies as possible, and uh, that you that you are fair listeners know about our thoughts. But um, 
Next up is Bad Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. Or Neighbors 2 is what they're calling it in the US. It's out on May 6th. Uh, it's a sequel to uh, Bad Neighbors, uh, with Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, and Zac Efron returning. But they're now teaming up, because they were on opposing sides before, mm-hmm. uh, to take on the sorority next door. Um, led by uh, Chloe Moretz. She's not Chloe Grace Moretz anymore, I don't think. Isn't she? Yeah, because this, this so Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne are now living next to the sorority, and they call in the help of Zac Efron's character to get rid of them. Because they're now BFFs after the the events of the first film. I have to say, I I enjoyed the first film, but like it's one of those comedies that you kind of forget about. I can't tell you what happened in it now. Yeah, I enjoyed it at the time, but I I have no real desire to see it again. And the the plot of the second one is the usual. It's happening again. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like Home Alone two or something. Yeah, or like the Hangover films. Um, it's not something that I'm, I'm eager to shell out my money to see again. Probably a Netflix watch or, you know, if it comes, if it's on TV, I'll watch it eventually. Or if you get super bored, you'll go see it. I might yeah. go see it. Yeah. I like Zac Efron. Uh, being honest, so like, I say, I, I say this about, oh, that's fine. <laughs> no, go on. Gary <laughs> wants to sing High School Musical, but. Uh, of course. I, I, like, it's, like, I, a lot of the time I'll say, I won't see this film, but I ended up seeing them because I'm bored and I have too much money mm-hmm. on my hands. So, yeah. Next up, Angry Birds, May 13th. Um, Unless you had something left to say about... No. I, I, the only reason I went silent there was that I have no opinion on Angry Birds whatsoever. No, because, yeah, it's turning a freaking app into a, a movie. Yeah. An app that, like, doesn't have a story. Well, there is a vague story. It's like, there's pigs. The birds hate the pigs. Yeah, the pigs kidnap the birds' eggs. The birds shoot down their elaborate structures to get them back. And, like, who cares? And Angry Birds, like we talked about this in an earlier podcast, feels like the fadge is gone now. It it, it certainly has, because they released Angry Birds 2, yeah. Rovio, after, like, they released a bunch of spinoffs, and they constantly updated the original app, but, like, no one talks about Angry Birds anymore. Yeah. And Rovio have, have shed a bunch of staff, and, you know, they're not doing so well. Yeah. So, basically, I think this film was, like, a last gasp, you know, Hail Mary. Yeah, I think this, like... To try I, and, like, turn these characters from less, like, an app property into this larger kind of media property. I mean, it's got a great voice cast. Jason Sudeikis, Josh Gad, Maya Rudolph, amongst others, uh, in the film adaptation of the famed app, as you noted. But I, I, I think this is, like, if you're talking, like, I think you can maybe make categories in the summer. I think animation is in a category of its own. Yeah. Because, you know, the, you know I, I think a lot of these films are released in the summer to kind of putting the kiddies whether they're on their summer vacation or holidays if you're a normal person Ratchet and Clank is competing for the kids audience and there's another two films we'll get to that are really competing for that animated kids yeah. audience but I, I think this um, you know contrary to what I said earlier is the exception to the rule and I think this will actually w- won't make any money <laughs> I think this will like be one of those things like oh, I'll take my kids to see a horror film instead yeah speaking of The Green Room May 13th also competes head to head yeah uh, Patrick Stewart, isn't it? Yeah, and Anton, Yels- uh, yeah, Anton Yelchin, who is adorable. He's adorable. He's like he, a little puppy. He's an adorable human being. I don't know much about this, to be honest, Gar, so I might let you take the wheel on this one. Yeah, it's a horror film where a punk band find themselves like trapped in a room. They go to do a gig, but they end up being trapped by a bunch of neo-Nazi skinheads after witnessing a murder at the club, and they're trapped, and they want to get out. I wanted to include a horror film, and like The Conjuring 2 or something is out this summer as well, one of them. you know, one There of was a, a first Conjuring? Yeah. Exactly. One of those like cheap horror spin-offs is the only other big horror film. I'm like, this one has Patrick Stewart in it, has the adorable Anton Yelchin in it. It might be pretty good. I've watched the trailer, but I don't really remember it already. But it might be pretty good. I suppose the big question, as we said with the, the previous ones, are you going to shout out your hard-earned dough to see it? Depends how bored I get. 
that's basically all films. Yeah, random. Me and Ken's random cinema trips used to be a huge part of our life. <laughs> yeah, where I used to pay the whole time. Yeah. Um, next up, I included just because Tina Fey is in it. Uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, May thirteenth as well, starting uh, t- starring Tina Fey, Margot Robbie, and Martin Freeman. It's described as a dramedy. I thought it was a comedy. Yeah, Wiki Wiki has it as dramedy. It's based on like a war correspondence experiences in Afghanistan. Um, I saw a trailer and it's like. No. <laughs> no thanks. Just like, nah. No thanks. But like, again, if I'm bored. Yeah, it has a good cast. I, uh, Tina Fey has enough currency with me that I, I will trust her to maybe go see this film. Yeah. But like, uh, nothing else. And Martin Freeman, obviously, I, re- I do enjoy Martin Freeman. So based on the stars, I might give it a, ch- a chance, you know, on a fiver, on a fiver on a Tuesday if I'm, mm. if I'm, if I'm feeling, uh, feeling, you know, bored. I have nothing to do. But it's not what, it's like, it's, uh, Basically, the worst thing I can say about this film is I, I forgot about it until you put it on the list here. So yeah, I don't think I don't think it's uh, one of my most anticipated movies. One of Margot Robbie's three films this summer. She's taken over, uh, taken over the US from she's, Australia. She's in Suicide Squad. Is she Australian? Yep. I she was, she was in Neighbors. Everyone's in Neighbors though. Yeah. That's the reason Neighbors uh, Two is called Bad Neighbors over here. Oh my god. Sorry, I was just looking at the list and there were like so many more movies. Yeah. Um. Next up, Alice Through the Looking Glass. The Remake or the sequel to the live uh, action adaptation of Alice in Wonderland, released May twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Bobbin of the Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted is directing the sequel. Yeah, Tim Burton is only producing this time. Tim Burton directed the the original. Uh, Johnny Depp, Alan Rickman, and Helena Bonham Carter, Bonham Carter are back for uh, for the sequel. Yeah, one of Alan Rickman's last roles. Um, the, the, the thing that struck me about this is that they waited too long. Yeah. The first film made a billion dollars. That that was my second point. Like I have no idea how that film made so much money. I remember I was just I randomly googled it one day and I'm like uh, budget blah 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 two hundred million whatever uh, hit box office a billion dollars. And for for me like like they should have capitalized on that and released this film sooner. When was the first one released? Was it like 2011 or 2012? Yeah, it? around 2000, 2010. Yeah, 2010. So like it's been six years now. So like surely when it was successful and popular at the time like they should have released it because like it feels like it's been too long now it's like so are they like are should they have struck when the iron was hot or like are people anticipating this movie anymore and this is the film that started disney's live action remake tendency yeah and i i and, and to be honest i i i watched that film. i i saw it in the cinema because you know I, I'm, you were I'm, part of that one billion uh, yeah i'm a teetotaler so i don't drink i don't have much to do with <laughs> cinema is my is my vice but uh I remember going out and thinking, that's alright, never want to watch it again. Okay, yeah. move on, moving on. Uh, so, uh, TMNT. Uh, uh, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, that's, I haven't seen the first one. You went to see the first one, didn't you? I did. Um, we were in um, LA and we wanted to see a film at uh, the Chinese theatre, mm-hmm. which was $17, by the way. That's a rip off. Just for the, the pleasure of seeing uh, a film at the famous theatre. Um, so, Team and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the only thing out at the time. Um, it was okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I was none the worse for saying it, but then, but like, I just couldn't get over how dumb the turtles looked. It yeah, it's, just... it's a Michael Bay produced production. He doesn't direct them, but his fingerprints are there. This this uh, sequel introduces the concept of the ooze, which uh, causes uh, people and turtles alike to mutate. Um, and turn into weird humans and grow a lot. Yeah. That's uh, Seamus in it. Seamus of WWE fame is playing uh, Rocksteady, isn't he? I wonder does he shout fella. Yeah. Uh, he's playing the rhino. Yeah. And uh, that the dad, uh, the, 
the the wheelchair kid Malcolm in the Middle. His dad is playing uh, Bebop. That sounds like a nice little thing. Or the Warthog <laughs> or whatever. But um, yeah, who cares? It's called Out of the Shadows. I don't know. You can go back to the shadows as far as I'm concerned. Well, hey, Warcraft. Uh, yep. Uh, what what I'm surprised. This film it costs a hundred million dollars to make. Yeah. And it has no stars. Like not one kind of person to go. This is this person in this film. Travis Fimmel is is he's pretty famous. What was he in? Vikings. What else was he in? Tarzan. There was a Tarzan TV show a few years ago. Or like ten years ago. So he's not famous. There's no stars in this film. It's it's kind of a big film to, to release. Like, you know, they're releasing the Assassin's Creed film, but, like, they have Michael Fassbender attached. Yeah. And and anytime they usually do video game adapted, like, um, Prince of Persia had... what What's that guy's name? Ryan Gosling? No. Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. You see, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, and there's another one. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. I know the difference between... If you put me put them in front of me, I'd be able to pick the difference. But it's the same with Samuel L. Jackson, Morgan Freeman, and um, Denzel Washington. I can't pick their films from the other the, the films the others were in. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, it's a sickness I have. Um, I, just don't, I, don't, I, don't, I was never a Warcraft fan. I'm not a big gamer in the first place. But um, there's not enough appeal in this to make me want to watch it. It just seems like a generic kind of fantasy Epic without the epic in it. So with the with Ratchet and Clank, Angry Birds, and Warcraft, we had three big video game adaptations. Yeah. Do you think any of them will be good? I think Ratchet and Clank might be the least offensive of them. Least offensive, but I think it's going to carry on the tradition of video game adaptations being being rubbish. Yeah. Next uh, up, I should say that uh, Out of the Shadows and uh, Warcraft are, are both June third. Yep. Moving on to the weekend after June tenth is The Boss, starring Melissa McCarthy. Um. As I said earlier, her collaborations with Paul Feig tend to be her best work. Yeah. And I, I think she's a really talented comedian. She's actually probably one of the best out there at the moment, uh, male or female. But By herself. Any film that's that's like a, a, a lone Melissa McCarthy vehicle. Like Tammy. Tammy or Identity Thief. or They're all just really, really average. Um, but I will say the trailer made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Bits of the trailer made me laugh. I don't know if you've seen the trailer. I haven't. It's about uh, uh, she's a titan of industry. She's coffer and started trailing, uh, trading. She's arrested, and when she gets out, she wants to rebound herself. Oh, she wants to kind of relaunch. Uh, she wants to recapture her 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 fortune and such. Mm. Um, but like not everyone she screwed over is so quick to forgive and forget. So that's where the comedy lies, I suppose. Yeah, I'm not a big Melissa McCarthy guy. Her shtick annoys me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like when she's kind of reined in. By by Paul Feig, she she does good work, but when she has these kind of big kind of limitless characters, she doesn't know when to stop. Yeah, and and it can be quite annoying rather than uh, funny. So, um, this one's a pass for me. Yeah, June twenty fourth, Independence Day, a resurgence. Speaking of resurgence, it's a twenty years later sequel. <laughs> yeah, literally, uh, Independence Day was ninety six, ninety six. Um, so. Again, I think I go back to the point I made about uh, through the looking glass, and that this that's like over double the time. At you know, is it too late? Like why? Like why are they making this now? But when you look at like Jurassic World was released, I think twelve years after Jurassic Park three. Yeah, and that day was the biggest film last summer. I know, like Independence Day was a huge film at the time, mm. but like I can't. Like, I've never seen anyone that says it like, oh my god, I'm, I can't wait for the, the sequel to, to Independence Day. Like, yeah. Like, 
should they have made it at you know at the time probably you know it's another one of those films like why now and is is it too late well it has roland emmerich directing it has bill pullman and um jeff goldblum jeff goldblum back but it does not have will smith it has hemsworth light as well mini hemsworth i like my one better who, who, who you totally choose over Peter? Yeah. No, uh, Hashtag no, Team Gale. I think no Will Smith is going to be the big drawback for this because this is the film that made Will Smith a star, really. Yeah. And this is the reason people like this film and he's not in it. Mm. Bill Pullman, I thought he was dead, to be honest. I really thought he was dead. I always mix him up with Bill Paxton. Uh, I also was like, yeah, exactly, because they're like basically 90s dad actor. Yeah. That's basically it. Basically. Uh, but um, again. <sighs> I'll probably drag myself to it just because I'll get bored, but yeah, I, it's 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 through no real desire to see it. And it's the plot is basically aliens are coming back for it. Happened again. <laughs> yeah, the aliens are coming back. Um, Central Intelligence, starring The Rock and Kevin Hart, July first. Yeah, I have a synopsis here, guy. Would you like me to read it? Fire away. Bob Stone, Dwayne Johnson, a one time oh, a one time bullied overweight geek. Don't believe it for a second. Yeah, and um, <laughs> did you? through CG and it looks super super naff think like the Nutty Professor bad oh uh, uh, who grew up to be a lethal CIA agent comes home for a high school reunion claiming to be on a top secret case he enlists the help of the former big man on campus Kevin Hart so it's a, a role reversal guy get it yeah you, you'd think that Kevin Hart is the nerd and Dwayne Johnson is the, the cool guy but they reversed it wow wacky now an accountant who misses his glory days that's Kevin Hart by the way yeah the, the two enter a world of shootouts, double crosses, and espionage that could get them both killed. July I'm, 1st. Yeah. I'm not a big Kevin Hart guy. No. I don't think his comedy is particularly funny. I, I don't think his films are ever particularly I funny. I really enjoy his stand-up. And, like, from that, I kind of, like, like I, I felt the urge to kind of go see his last two films. I went to see uh, Right Along 2, and I went to see, um, what's that one? Get Hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, you, you've, you've had your chance for me now, Kevin yeah. Hart. Um stick to the stand-up like I, I, I it kind of bugs me like that all these successful stand-ups almost have to be in films like why do you have to be in films just because you're funny on stage doesn't mean you're gonna be so funny on screen well there's not money in stand-up though is there there's actually more money in stand-up for, like chris tucker for example like, well, well kevin hart's the most successful stand-up in the world yeah he sells out like proper giant venues yeah what i'm saying is like there's more money in stand-up for him and chris tucker said like i make more money on stand-up i don't want to do films like he, he does a film once in the blue moon is that because no one wants him anymore though Rush Hour 4 is coming <laughs> but um I've, I've nah I've no interest no interest either but again the boredom yep the boredom might get to me um next up is The Legend of Tarzan July 8th extremely expensive uh uh adaptation of Tarzan again with Margot Robbie Sam she's Jackson, all over the place Sam Jackson Christoph Waltz and what's his name Stellan Skarsgård or something Stellan Skarsgård yeah he's playing the titular Tarzan titular titular Tarzan um because I think Disney are remaking Tarzan as well aren't they possibly it's 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 one of the rumoured ones but it hasn't been confirmed but yeah um they had a bit of success in 99 with the Tarzan movie largely based on on the, the the music of phil collins there was a tarzan film a couple of years ago as well wasn't there am i imagining that there was one of those european uh movie studios yeah that uh, was animation studios released a weird one where it was like tarzan the modern day where he's uh it discovers a crashed alien ship or something okay it was rubbish okay uh, <laughs> but um i suppose the question is like do, do you have do i have any desire to see another adaptation of tarzan this one costs 180 million dollars 
Not really. It's like that's a lot of money for this film. It looks very fancy, and like it's like it looks like Pride and Prejudice with Tarzan. Yeah, I have no real. Do you know like no interest? There's like like there's a good film from the nineties uh, with Christopher Lambert in it uh, uh, called uh, Greystoke Greystoke the Legend of Tarzan. That's the seminal Tarzan live action movie for me. Mm-hmm. I know there's the famous ones from you know back way back in the, the classic. But era. they're old. Who who cares? But uh. Yeah, best left alone for me. Uh, also on July 8th, Ken, a film I'm actually rather looking forward to, Now You See Me Too. I remember we went to see this together, Gary, in the cinema, and I, I wasn't really expecting anything from this film. I yeah. was like, but like, I was like, really blown away by how entertaining it was. It's like Basically, it was like a, a magic action film. Yeah, it's kind of like Magic Heist. Magic Heist, and it's, it's like... and. The, the fight sequences were good. The, the magic fighting. There was magic fighting there in this film. There was magic fighting. Like, uh, I, I, like, like they're going to get my price of admission alone for seeing more magic fighting. That's yeah. what I want to see. And like, look at the cast. Jesse Eisenberg, Mark Ruffalo, Woody Harrelson, Dave Franco, Daniel Radcliffe, Michael Caine, and Morgan Freeman. That's a heck of a cast. Uh, the plot is that the four horsemen resurface and are forcibly recruited by a tech genius to pull off their most impossible heist yet. So, it's kind of like it happened again, but kind of like... Like and if we try to do kind of that similar ground is like oh I'm out of the game we don't want to do this anymore but yeah. they're forced back into it but uh the first one was like a surprise gem for me I, I really really liked it surprise hit as well make good money yeah so um I will go see it but I I, I do have a feeling that it, it's going to be one of those cases where it was better off left alone and it should have yeah, been uh, one and done yeah. but I, I'm excited for it yeah this is, is Ghostbusters out July fifteenth just for anyone wondering we, we've already covered that. Um, Ice Age. There's another Ice Age film. We're, we're, uh, we'll talk about the flops and things now. I think if you take Civil War out, the biggest grossing film of the summer will be Ice Age Collision Course. These films just tend to make money by default, don't they? The last one made $800 million, Ken. $800 million. It falls into that category of you're there on a Saturday afternoon, you've got a gaggle of kids because, you know, it's your turn to, to host the play date and, like, what are you going to take the kids to? Ice Age has... Has cur- like this is my favorite new saying has currency with the uh, with people because of its 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 past film so basically the meteor is coming now that's yeah. the plot of this one yeah so it's gonna make uh but like wait no is- if it's the ice age the meteor has already come so there's another meteor coming because the meteor caused the ice age yeah I don't know that's science uh, Ray Romano Dennis Leary everyone's back it's the same thing. It'll be a bland, inoffensive film that will make eight hundred million dollars. <laughs> it's the fifth Ice Age film, and I hazard a guess of it not being the last. Um, I'm, I want I want to see the last one out of boredom. I actually like really considered walking out. It was just that. It, the last one wasn't bad. It was just that bland. It's, it's just very like, bland. It's just like this is an animated film by the numbers. Yeah, they're just cash. Like they like um, Blue Sky. I think make make these films, don't they? They're Sony. Sony or Blue Sky. Anyway. But, like, they have no problem shitting these characters until they're literally worthless. <laughs> yep. Uh, next BFG is out July 22nd. We talked about that already. And after that, Star Trek Beyond. Star Trek Beyond was a film I thought I forgot was even happening. Yeah. Because the trailer came out and people didn't like the trailer because it was super, like, Fast and Furious style action film. Kind of camp. It was the feeling you kind of campy, like a campy romp or something. Because it's directed by Justin Lin, who did some of the Fast and Furious films, didn't he? Yeah, I think Star Trek Beyond may be a case of an overcorrection because Into Darkness was accused of being joyless and kind of yeah, grim and dumb. So they're kind of going like, let's just be fun. That's what makes money these days. But like Marvel. What what I hold out hope for. It's written in part, but there's another good people, but by Simon Pegg, yeah, who wrote the Last Mission Impossible. 
And the last Mission Impossible is tremendous. Really good. So, so and like Idris Elba's the new villain, uh, everyone's bad, Chris Pine and Danny Elshin. <laughs> He's so adorable. You're adorable, Karen. Thank you. Uh, yeah, everyone's back. Uh, it's and um, what's his name? Asian fellow. John Cho. That's yeah, that'll do. Is that that'll do. Yeah. Is it? That'll do. The guy that doesn't age. That'll do. Yeah, John Cho. <laughs> I think it's John Cho. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Casual racism, but yeah, they're all back. Um, I think this will be a better film than more giving most are giving credit for. I feel like it's gonna get lost in the shuffle then. It might. It might. Up next... It hasn't got much fanfare, has it? It hasn't, and people didn't like that trailer. Yeah. Up next, Finding Dory, July 29th. A long-awaited sequel to the Pixar classic starring Ellen DeGeneres. Basically, it's kind of a, a role reversal. Kind of, it happened again, except flip it. Basically, all the sequels this summer are It Happened Again. <laughs> it happened again, except some kind of kind of twist on the on the, the formula. Uh, so, like It's, it's funny, because it takes place only six months after Finding Nemo. In spite of taking place in, in time, 15 years later. Yeah. Uh, Dory suddenly recalls her childhood memories, uh, remembering something about a jewel of Morrow Bay in California. They're in Australia, aren't they? Um, I have no idea. Are they in Cal- Are they in Australia? No idea. But yeah, you, I've never yeah. seen Finding Nemo. What are you? Are you searching something? Here? I'm uh, searching. Is it actually John Cho? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're doing a live search while we're actually podcasting right now. Yeah. You should really continue it talking. John Cho. It is John Cho. Yeah, there we go. That's the, the answer to our... <laughs> our, our <laughs> listeners were waiting with bated breath. There. I'm not racist. Not all Asian people are the same. It was John Cho. But basically, uh, it's fine, uh, it's basically, she goes off to kind of find answers about her childhood, uh, accompanied by uh, Nemo and Marilyn, uh, tries to find her family. So I think in this sense, it's kind of a play on words. Instead of her getting lost, it's finding Dory as in she's trying to find herself. Emotionally. Yeah. I only just got that. That's less bad than I thought it was. <laughs> right. I haven't seen the first one. I should watch it. So it's not a case of it happens again. Yeah. It's the only It's the only Pixar film I haven't actually it's seen. It's one of the most successful animated films of all time. It made like $900 million. Yeah. People love crazy, it. Crazy, crazy money. And Pixar finally made a sequel. But, uh, yeah. like We're in sequel territory for Pixar now. Um, the trailers have been decidedly uh, low-key in the fact that they haven't given away much. Is that a good thing? Probably. Because this film's probably going to be more uh, less than the sum of its parts, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'll see it because I have to see all Pixar films, but uh, I I'm not like anticipating. I'm not waiting for it. Like I'll see it when it comes out, but I'm, I'm not kind of in a rush. That's probably the, the worst thing I can say about it. Speaking of going back to sequel wells, can Jason Bourne, July 29th as well, just the sequel going back to the end of the roots. Matt Damon is back. Paul Greengrass is black. Back. He's not black. He might be black. I don't know. Is he? I don't think so. But uh, it, it, basically, Jason Bourne isn't dead, as you thought, and he's back and doing things. Yeah. I um, I think the one thing I thought that was funny about this was, like, they tried to kind of move the franchise in a different direction with Jeremy Renner being the main actor, but yep. it was so bad that they were just like, no, sorry. That film was the most Never unsatisfying went. action film I've ever seen. They're like, the, the, at no point during that film did they ever feel like they were going to get caught by the villain or... or there's no threat there. Also, the ending is just like... It felt like half of a film. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, all right. Yeah. Uh, this one going back to the roots? Basically, it's just like... We tried to move away from what you liked, and you rejected it, so... Here's what you like. Matt Damon. Basically, Matt Damon... I, I think I read somewhere that Matt Damon is the most bankable actor you can hire. Yeah. So For, for return on investment. Exactly, so... And he's, he's a likable guy. Yeah, Better so, than Jeremy Renner. Um... 
Uh, will I see it? Probably not. Not in the cinema anyway. I won't pay my money to see it. I think this could be kind of a sleeper hit of the summer. Yeah. When people overlook. Like Mission Impossible last summer, you're saying? Yeah. It's out on June 29th. Uh, July. July 29th. My, my apologies, guy. Thank you. But uh, People would have went to their cinemas on June 29th. It's like, I'd like to see Jason Bourne. It's like, he's not here. Go home. Oh. <laughs> but uh, as I said, like, it may be kind of worth a watch. But uh, again, it wouldn't be one of, at the top of my list. Pete's Dragon, August 12th, as we get toward the end of the summer. Another Disney reboot of the old animated film. Well, mm-hmm. that was a mixture of animation and live action. So yep. it's, it's the same thing now, except it's less, it's not 2D, it's more 3D. It's more CGI than animation. Yeah. So um, I don't know much about the old one, because I've seen it, but I can't remember it. So I'll probably just read out the synopsis here. That's the reason I put it there. <laughs> Good work, Karen. Yeah, I'm on top of things. For years, old woodcarver, Mr. Comedian, played by Robert Redford. I mean, already. I mean, I'm, I'm invested so far. I like Robert Redford has delighted the local children with his tales of a fierce dragon that resides deep in the woods of the Pacific Northwest. This is the second film, because the green room was set in the Pacific Northwest as well, Ken. Are these spiritually yeah. attached? For, I don't know. For, for like, There was a, a, a trend for a while of films being set in Chicago, so maybe it's like the new... Seattle is the new Chicago. Yeah, it's maybe it's the new trendy place to, to, to situate your films. To his, to his daughter, Grace, played by Bryce Dallas Howard, is most un, one of the most unlikable actresses in the world to me. Didn't like her in Jurassic World? No. Fair enough. Who works as a forest ranger. Those stories are little more than tall tales until she meets Pete, played by Oaks uh, Feigley. Oh, like, I want to go Feigley because it sounds fun here. Feigley. Oaks Feigley. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Hollywood kids can't have normal names. A ten-year-old with no family and no home who claims to live in the woods with a giant green dragon named Elliot. Yep. What a what a cute name for, uh, for, a, for a dragon. Elliot's a nice dragon name. From... Pete's descriptions, Elliot seems remarkably similar to the dragon from her father's stories. With the help of Natalie, Una Lawrence, an 11-year-old girl whose father Jack, they by Wes Bentley, don't know who that is, mm. owns a local, who owns a local mill, uh, Grace sets out to determine where Pete came from, where he belongs, and the truth about his dragon. Sounds like fun. I'm so, into it. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Sounds like a... It's a, it's a Disney fun family time. So one of those kind of Hopefully it, it'll be... A mystery thrown in. I think it, it's kind of like this year's Tomorrowland for Disney. Yeah. yeah. I hope it's better than Tomorrowland. Like, but I think... Uh, I think Tomorrowland suffered from the fact that it kind of didn't give away much. So people kind of built it up in their heads and they made it into something that it was never going to become. Yeah. So this probably does what it says on the tin. It's probably a remake. It's just a remake of, of the original Peach Dragon. So once you stick to the formula, it should... It should succeed yeah I'll, I'll probably watch it yeah I'll go see this and last but not least included just so we can give out to Ricky Gervais for attempting to leech the office for all it's worth um, David Brent Life on the Road August 19th it's a sequel to The Office where David Brent is a travelling musician he's leeching for everything it's worth isn't it yeah well thanks it's just like geez, move on move on yeah Ricky move on Ricky but uh yeah I, I heard this was a film and like then like I saw loads of my friends on the internet going oh my god I can't wait it's like for what? Him to awkwardly shuffle around the screen for an hour and a half? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Burying Ricky Gervais. But uh, I suppose we'll, we'll wrap up, Gar. We're kind of going over time here. but We've gone pretty long, Ken. So, Gar, I'm just going to ask you to nail your colours to the mast. What's going to be the highest grossing film of the summer? Excluding Civil War. Excluding Civil War, because that's just cheating. Uh, Ice Age. You're going for Ice Age, Gar? I'm going for Finding Dory. Ooh, good one. I, I, I think Ice Age is kind of an out-of-the-box pick, but yeah. I think it, if you think about it, it's a very in-the-box pick. Okay. Uh, surprise hit or Dark Horse of the summer? Uh, surprise hit, I'm going to go Jason Bourne. I don't think a lot of people are thinking about that film, but I think yeah. when it comes around, people will go, yeah, it's kind of a film I want to see. Flop, 
which we're also going to talk about uh, Tarzan. I was going to ask you, Gar. Yeah. Wait to be asked. Okay. Uh, for the surprise hit slash Dark Horse, I'm going to go for BFG. Yeah. Uh, so a bit of Spielberg magic for the summer. For the flop, I'm going to make a bold prediction and say Alice through the looking glass. Do you think it's going to flop? I think it's been too long. I think people don't care about it anymore. But like James Baldwin's Muppet films were fun. Yeah, but like this film, I, I don't know. Maybe because I hated the first one. Johnny Depp isn't that bankable anymore either. He really isn't. Like he's, he's had a couple flops. He's a bit of an annoying guy. He's like, you again? Yeah. Basically playing the same guy with a, a faux British accent. Unless you're actually playing Jack Sparrow, we don't care. Exactly. Not when you pretend to playing Jack Sparrow. <laughs> which summer movies are you counting the days until opening weekend to? Uh, and which are you going to give a miss? Because I suppose that's as important a question as, as which ones you're going to see. Yeah, if, if we missed any too, because I just pulled these off a of website. If there's any big ones, we probably... It's like, what about this film? Let us know. Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, and in case you haven't heard before, because we, we, I don't think we ever mentioned it, we're on Twitter at TWSKK, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. We'll be right back to say goodbye with details on next week's episode. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK, or find us on iTunes. Okay, cinephiles, that's our show for another week. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. You can usually find a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. And now it's also the home of our brand new show, Podcast Today, starring our very own Garen friends. That's me. What's it about, you ask? Give it a listen to find out. It's about everything and nothing. Make sure to bookmark the, the link on iTunes or, or, or on SoundCloud so you never miss any of our podcasts on the TWS network. We're a network now, it's official. Yeah, you can subscribe on every platform and you can hear us all the time. Speaking of which, if you love the show and you need to let the internet know, you can also write us a review on iTunes. It really is the best way to aid our plan of world domination. Yeah, and go onto YouTube and give all our videos thumbs up. That spreads that on YouTube, I think. Yes. We have lots of YouTube videos. We're, we've been doing that constantly. I'll actually start doing it again this week. I will officially st- I will promise. It's a gar promise. Empty promises. <laughs> yeah. You can relive snippets of our best bits on YouTube, as Garrett just noted. We really mean it this time. Just search TWSKK. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And Garrett, where can they find us on Twitter? At TWSKK. Next week, Gar and I go to battle as we choose our sides in Captain Gar versus Iron Ken on Civil War. Next week, you'll find out what start, that's about. Start punching each other in the face. <laughs> yeah, just, the podcast will be a fight. Fighting. We will. We, uh, we were brought to you this week by our sponsor, Stark Industries, not Iron Man, or not not Captain America. So suck it, Gar. Captain America Superior. I did a whole podcast episode on why Captain America Superior. Go listen to that. Don't listen to it. It's terrible. Our theme music is by the very talented Mr. John. And until next time, say goodbye, Gar. Bye bye. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>